Hey there, folks. Welcome to episode 116 of the Becoming Human podcast. This episode features Hunter and Laura of Bellingham MMA. Hunter is a tie-dye-wearing MMA fighter, martial arts instructor, entrepreneur, and mathematician. Laura is an entrepreneur, designer, and marketing specialist. Hunter and Laura have an upcoming event, the Battle at Bellingham, this weekend, February 1st in Bellingham, Washington. So, if you got a first date, might as well take them there. There'll be more than just bloodshed. There'll be love, a little bit of drama, just enough so that you could woo your your sweetheart, man, woman, non-binary friend, and some romantic passion while you watch all these studs, men and women, duking it out for belts and cash prizes. You can find more details on Instagram at Bellingham or Battle at Bellingham and at BellinghamMMA.com to learn more about Hunter and Lars Jim. Go to BellinghamMMA.com, check out their sponsors, Zenco Fightwear and Happenstance Coffee. Without any further ado, here's Hunter and Lars. All right. Hey, how you guys doing, Hunter and Lara? We're doing well. Ah, that's good to hear. Uh, you guys uh, own a gym, Bellingham MMA? We do. How long have you guys owned it for? Uh, we purchased it from my coaches the beginning of 2016. So oh, wow. four years now. Dang. Have, yeah. you, have you like approached uh, MMA and always known that you'd like want to teach, or did that just evolve over time? That just kind of came about. You know, I, I think all martial arts practice kind of trends that direction. Um, I think it's one of those things like, cause who is teaching, but someone who's been training a long time, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, I think an, like a somewhat inescapable kind of like position to find yourself in. Um, like, and it was never my intention. Like I, I sort of fell into training, uh, organically and fell into fighting kind of organically and then discovered I really loved those things. And then my coaches just were like, Hey, we need someone to teach this class. It was actually a kids' class. Wow. And I was like, yeah, cool, I'll do that. And I, it turned out I enjoyed it. Um, and then when they offered to have me teach another, like, an evening class for adults, I was like, I'm into that. Um, really enjoyed it. And I, I feel like it's made me a better practitioner over time as well. Because, um, you know, I, I'm a, I think there are people who are really kinesthetically intelligent. Like, they mm-hmm. learn by doing um, and then maybe they couldn't like articulate what they do to someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not that way exactly. Like I, I think understanding something intellectually helps me do it, helps mm-hmm. me perform. So teaching has forced me to understand things at a different, deeper level than just, um, you know, tr- drilling and training for myself. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Were you surprised by what teaching had to, how teaching would benefit you? When you did it, or did you expect that going in? Oh, no, I think I was definitely surprised. <laughs> um, you know, it's a it's a different experience, um, and, you know, I really enjoy it. Uh, it gives me definitely, like, hope for the future, because, you know, mm-hmm. I want to be training until, like, I can't literally crawl onto the mats <laughs> anymore. But, um, 
you know, I think definitely as you get older, you're going to be teaching more than you are, you know, like competing or training, probably. <laughs> uh, there's only a handful of people who are in their 50s and 60s competing, you know. Well, and being good doesn't mean you're going to be a good teacher because we, like most MMA gyms, we, people do trials. Like where, you know, <laughs> you have people, you're like, oh, this person's very good. So you have them teach a class and we've had some people that are great teachers. You're like, oh, they're wonderful. And then you have some people who are like naturals and they just don't understand how mm -hmm. to teach the technique mm -hmm. themselves. Oh, yeah. Like they're like, why can't you get out of this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you should just understand right. this. Yeah, it's one thing to know how to do it and a whole nother thing to be able to describe how to do it. Right? Exactly. And communicate that knowledge to someone else. Mm -hmm. so it's a very different skill set in some ways. Um and in, in it being a skill set, though, it takes time to be able to develop it, and you only have so much time. So do you ever find yourself where you're conflicted with um, how you spend your time, like learning on a learning martial arts and competing in martial arts and teaching and being able to articulate that to others? Oh, definitely. Um, I have the, you know, the benefit of being a full-time instructor and trainer and teacher um, and, like, competitor so i don't have another job to worry about mm -hmm. uh, which is nice because that allows me to take times like especially when i don't have classes during the day um things like that on the weekends to go train and for my own sake mm -hmm. learn to grow and to uh, get my own training in and i definitely i train as much as i can in my own classes but there i'm in a teaching role mm -hmm. you know it's a different thing to like roll with one of your students who's new Versus uh, someone who's at your level and you're competitive with, mm -hmm. you know, it's a different type of role. And that can be difficult because sometimes I'll get into a mode where I'm like doing a teaching role mm -hmm. and it's actually should be competitive mm. or, you know, um, vice versa. Usually more the other one, though, mm -hmm. like where I'm rolling somebody and like they're beating me up and then I'm like, oh, yeah, wait, I don't need to be nice to this person. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll turn it on. And it's I'm like, not okay. teaching you it's anything. A, it's a different mm -hmm. thing, you know. Um so it's kind of interesting. It's a dichotomy for sure. Um, and you, had, you know, the reality is I'll only be competing for so long, you know, so it's eventually it'll all be one way or another. But mm -hmm. uh, for me, like I, 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 I consider myself a martial artist, not a fighter or a jujitsu competitor or anything like that. So it's, you know, you're always growing somewhere. You know well, what I mean? What would you define a martial artist as for yourself? You know, that's... You know, you're putting me on the spot now. <laughs> uh, but no, I like it. Uh, you know, I think that there are people for whom their primary interest is competition or, or like fighting. Mm -hmm. And once they decide that they're done fighting, they're kind of done with the sport entirely, right? They're, they're done with the practice. Like, they just move on. And that's cool. I think that's fine. Um, I think there are people uh, who their life goal is to continue to grow and improve in what they're doing. Um, and for me, and I think for people like that, it's competition is like a means to test your current practice mm -hmm. and see where you're at in like an unambiguous way. Mm -hmm. um, and that's like my primary goal. Like I don't, like I don't enjoy beating people up per se. Mm -hmm. You know, I enjoy executing technique and um seeing kind of where things are going well what things need to improve uh so it's really less of the 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 fight that i'm interested in more like the what the fight can teach me mm -hmm. 
you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, how it feeds into your overall lifestyle. Yeah, exactly, you know, because it, it's... And there's something, too, like, I, it's not that the fighting has no other purpose. Like, it, it's exciting, you know. I think mm-hmm. there's a, a freedom to stepping into a cage and, you know, like, I'm going to compete as hard as I possibly can uh, with as few rules as possible mm-hmm. to, like, to defeat this person, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's, like, a space where you don't have to hold back and you can just be 100% who you are mm-hmm. um, in, in like a in that narrow kind of mm-hmm. confined um, and then uh, you know then it's cool after mm-hmm. you know but, uh, with some exceptions you know I'm sure there's always some people yeah. who have beef but like for me it's all just about that that test and it's almost sort of like learning matters right in the sense that like you're doing something to where there's um, real perceived consequences right sure. whether it's like um, physical you can get really hurt um, you can lose lose on money um, or also like you're working towards, you know, per improving your technique. And then if you lose, um, that affects how you view your own self. Like there's all this narrative that goes into it. And I, I sometimes wonder if it's just like a reason, right, for, for someone to, to work with themselves. Because like yeah. there's that thing, like what is being nagged, right? Like if someone tells you that you need to be more orderly, that you need to have more discipline, you need to, you know, show up on time to things and not be late. Like what really is that though? And that's like, for me, that's, you're trying to get someone to do things that are good for them mm. um, because it's good for them. Right. But that doesn't work like that. Be, like for most people, it's very rare. What usually works, it seems, is fall in love with something that demands you to be yeah. able to make these choices, you know, certain choices in order to to enjoy yourself and to also not even enjoy yourself, but to attain what you desire, right? Sure. And like, because then you'll like be able to bear all of the, the burdens yeah. that will take you along the way. Oh, yeah. totally. Like, I, I know if I don't have a fight scheduled or like it's not on my radar, my dietary discipline isn't there, mm. you know, um, mm-hmm. I'm not getting up and like running in mm-hmm. the morning. I'm not like doing extra cardio or like a lot of the things that would definitely help me as a overall as a martial artist mm-hmm. uh but i think that intensity of like I, i've got a deadline and you know in this case right now three weeks to february 8th i have to fight a guy i have to be ready <laughs> yeah because you know he's gonna be mm-hmm. hopefully for for his sake but um you know so it's, it's that intensity is something that you can't really replace like and you know it's not that jujitsu competition isn't intense. Mm-hmm. I just think once you've fought a few times, like I think it's way less pressure mentally because mm-hmm. uh, the consequences are relatively lower. You know, I mean, you certainly can get beat, like tapped out and get hurt, mm-hmm. but uh, if you know, you're not going to get your face punched in. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's that intensity of like the it requires from you. I can totally relate to that. Because mm-hmm. um, like that's something I've thought about from when I do retire, like. Uh, you know, am I going to, like, put on 40 pounds and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> just be like, eh, whatever? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> very skinny. I know, I know. Like, I was like, I miss Holiday Hunter. Like, I, I tell people, it's funny, like, I post pictures sometimes, you know, because it's Instagram, you got to put the thirst trap up. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> no thirst trap. No, no thirst traps, I know. And like, people are like, oh, man, you got, like, you're really ripped right now. Like, what do you do? And I'm like, you don't, you don't want to do this. Like, yeah. it's not fun. Mm-hmm. It's not enjoyable. I'm not eating anything or drinking anything yeah. that I like. It's like, you know, you got, like, you. It's healthy for everybody it's like it's the simple formula work out four to six hours a day and mm-hmm. like eat 
vegetables and some lean protein and mm-hmm. that's it's like it's not a mystery no not at all you know every celebrity who gets in like uh com- super ripped um you know like you ask them what it is mm-hmm. they're like that's basically the plan yeah exactly yeah <laughs> deficit and like yeah just nice natural food right exactly they just have the benefit of trainers and nutritionists money mm-hmm. and exactly yeah. people doing things for them if they're having a hard day they yeah could just yeah totally like uh i don't know if you're familiar with kamele nanjiani mm-hmm. like he posted that picture of himself because mm-hmm. he's like he's like this nerdy kind of soft dude i guess he's like his role mm-hmm. but now he's in a marvel movie and he's like huge and ripped mm-hmm. and everyone's losing their mind over it i'm like but he posted about it he's like it's not a, it's a science you yeah know? it's like you just do the work well and, and sometimes it's steroids with hollywood yeah yeah, yeah it wouldn't oh, yeah. surprise me like nah. uh, i would yeah exactly <laughs> i would too like yeah. especially if i'm making money like based off of the aesthetic look of it it's like well yeah i'll take that okay yeah like, well i mean exactly like i you know like I've never used steroids. Um, mm-hmm. Put that out there. Um, feel free. Right. I've been eaten asked. lots of yams, but I've never used steroids. Yeah, exactly. You I, got I, asked once I think, though. I think I ate horse in uh, in France. <laughs> oh, so the horse meat. Horse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of protein. Man. <laughs> Your doctor asked you. That was the funny. Oh, thing. he did. Oh, yeah, yeah. my last physical. He's like, did you have you done steroids? Juice to the tits, baby. Yeah, <laughs> <I know. laughs> You're like, do you think I look this skinny? Yeah, yeah I was like, I hope I'd be a lot more ripped. Like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, disappointing. Like. Like, but, uh, you know, it's, I can understand with it because, you know, like for an actor, like you have tens of millions of dollars, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like versus the, what, you know, a couple grand at most if mm-hmm. you're doing well as a local pro in yeah. MMA. And there's yeah. also a difference, I think, between like abusing steroids and using steroids, right? right? Where like, for, I'm only using that from like older people. Right. Though, where they, you know, they go to a doctor and they're like, well, how much do it can I take where my nuts don't get small? And it's like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to like just taking a bunch and then raging and doing all those other things. Well, yeah. You know, it's it's funny. Like we've had students who have told us they're on steroids and mm-hmm. uh, oh, they're not yeah. fighting. Well, yeah. usually like I tell people yeah. like you should mm-hmm. compete if you're doing that. Yeah. Right? Because it's not okay. Like, some of it is like they wanted to be bodybuilders and they yeah. weren't going to compete mm-hmm. anyways. So, but yeah. Uh, it's always interesting because one of them was telling me his doctor prescribes them for him. And I'm like, you're 24. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious, like, the doctor just, like knows what Oh, yeah. Well, dude, there's, so there's this thing that I guess you can get. So what you can do with doctors is, is you can try anyways. Um, you can, like, research experimental uses for certain medications as long as it's not, like, a controlled narcotic. Um, and... Some doctors will prescribe you that, not illegally either. Yeah. And it's just like they, you would talk to them, and then they can give their recommendation. They'll write a prescription or the prescription. I'm like, I didn't know that it was like that at all. Yeah. Didn't know that they had a little more freedom. I bet you it's hair loss. Expecting. Hair loss is probably the like I'm losing my yeah. hair. Yeah. Yeah. It's the pot thing. That's what that was. It was yeah. like, oh yeah, you you can't sleep. There you go. Boom. Rubber stamp. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, no, uh, it's, <laughs> well, I mean, luckily, you know, you can really. Pot's a cure for everything. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. My lungs hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like, well, we need to get more weight and then eat it, though. Yeah, yeah. You know? He had a really funny no. conversation with our friend over Christmas because he got in a car wreck, and he's mm-hmm. like, he's like, I'm fine now. I just covered my body in CBD oil. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> I don't think that's how I don't, I don't think this is helping. All my broken bones, they don't hurt anymore. He got, like, cool. a really bad concussion, oh. and I'm like, he's like, it's, it's helping, and I'm like... Like okay, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't think it'll help. It's just kind of permanent, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's disguising the it's mental fog. Yeah, yeah, behind so, like 
the uh, the concussion fog is hidden behind the. Um, uh, is that Austin? The aloofness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's <laughs> when so my son he fell and he got a concussion and that scared the crap out of me. So I took him and I dipped his head in CBD and it's like, hold your breath. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. But no, like, I'm super excited. Uh, fights February eighth. This is my yeah, promotional yeah. plug. Uh, What's the organization? If we're going to plug it like that. Well, I was going to get there. <laughs> BFL, February 8th, up at the Hard Rock Casino is, in Vancouver, BC. What does BFL mean? Ooh. Battlefield Fight League. International. Um, I know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> International, 30 miles from our house. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it still counts for your passport. They were funny. They're like, they're, they're like giving us a hotel. And we're like, yeah, no, you know, we don't really need that. We live like 30 minutes away. And they're like, no. You live in another country. You get a hotel. <laughs> uh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> but it's really like they're just trying to keep track of people. Yeah, like, it's actually interesting. Like I've had this at um, I fought my last fight was at CFFC down in California, mm -hmm. and they take you like they ferry you around everywhere. Like, oh, which you. is cool. They're um, like, you need anything, we'll get it for you. Yeah, they have a driver, really? and like, you're like, hey, I want to go to Walgreens, and they take you there. Um, you they don't like go. let you out of their sight. They, they, because like, I think they've had athletes who will be like, they like wander off and go on a bender. Oh, like, wow, yeah. You know, like, oh, because they invest in you as well, right? Well, they yeah, fly you out there yeah. in a hotel. And um, then if you and if they consistently have people who drop from a fight, then their fans will probably lose. They right. won't be as reliable for their fans, right? Exactly. You know, you're as a promotion, you want to have a good show. You know, you start losing matches, it sucks. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a lot of expense. So, like, there's a curfew. Um, what? After, after weigh-ins, like, you have to be back in the hotel room by 11 o'clock. And we're going to check, you know, which is interesting. Whoa, that's um, wild. Yeah. Um, well, no, I, got, hookers and I, would, I was going to say, I, I would know. intentionally try to have sex around that time and yeah. just leave it unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> Come on in, guys. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> well, when you go to bed now. <laughs> it's interesting because, like, in previous contracts, there's a lot about, like, social media. This, oh, part, this organization, nothing. Well, I'm not the but local like, guy. But like, a lot of, but a lot, no, not even for the regular people, I guess. Oh, yeah. It's pretty standard contract, but. I, th I think they have their own marketing team. They do, but yeah. it, it was interesting because, like, a lot of other promotions are like, you need to post, like, this many times a week. You need to. Hmm? You're, like, 25. It's okay. So you, like, have to post twice a week. You have mm -hmm. to, like, met, like hashtag this. Oh, really? This. Yeah, like, it's part of your contract. But, like, yeah. um, I think their marketing is so good. But the curfew thing was interesting. Mm -hmm. I haven't that's, seen that That's before. a new one, yeah. I just yeah. think CFFC just kind of made it clear. Well, like, no, no, BFL too. No, I mean, like what I'm saying is like that CFFC just sort of made it obvious that they were gonna keep, they were keeping track of your movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, and they were like, you have to be at this event these times, like. Because you have to go do like your weigh-in and then your fake weigh-in. Mm. Yeah. Which oh, is like, wow. So you watch UFC weigh-ins? Yeah. It's actually not the real weigh-in. Oh really? Yeah, they do the weigh-in in the morning. Like That's why like everybody 11. looks so healthy. Uh huh. <laughs> like also do... looks good for the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because you know people look awful when mm -hmm. they actually weigh in. So like you get like six seven hours to hydrate and like pump back up mm -hmm. so that you look pretty good in the camera and you're and not like. And they do the professional like, photos. You're not shaking. Yeah, you're not all like... fucked up. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like some crackhead. They do. Yeah, they do the weigh-in in the morning, and then you go back to your hotel, and you hydrate, and you, like, 
clean up. And you come back and they do like a photo shoot. Mm-hmm. And then they do the weigh-ins. Wow, yeah. that's wild. Air quotes. It's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, like it's... Mm-hmm. BFL's like, going to be like that too, I think. Yeah, they, they do that. They, they have the... You have, well, you can actually weigh in officially at the evening one as well. Um, <laughs> but they try to encourage you to weigh in early. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'd prefer to do. like Because that's... Weigh in, the difference between noon and like seven o'clock for the weigh in is like that's six hours of hydration. Yeah, you know, that's I mean, big. It's huge. Um, especially if you're cutting a lot. Um, Luckily, you, know, you don't really. No, I, I, I despise the weight cut aspect of the sport. It's, really? Well, it's the most dangerous part, you know, honestly. And mm-hmm. like if people die in MMA, it's because of the weight cut. Mm. Uh, people die during the weight cut. Uh, there's a guy in Thailand. There's a guy recently. Um, couple years ago in asia mm-hmm. and like I, I really applaud like one fc uh what they're doing to help limit weight cutting and like, what are they doing so they're doing uh there's randomized drug testing mm-hmm. right they hydration have, too. they're doing randomized hydration testing and weight testing mm-hmm. oh, so wow. you're required That's to be right. within like three or four percent of your weight class mm-hmm. so if you fight at like say i fight at 125 you're allowed to be up to like uh 128 29 mm-hmm um so everyone like moves up a weight class basically oh, that's, that's cool. why like, dimitri is like he's a flyweight but it's 135 mm, yeah they move everything nice. up a weight class and it just makes way more sense like you know sure you'll have to diet a little bit mm-hmm. and everything but like that way people come in they're healthy they're like ready to compete ready to perform yeah and more in line with you know like kind of i guess that style kind of what you're talking about before like there is like a, a sport aspect to this but then there's also like i guess it's not like kind of weird to take it into account but there's like what you're reflecting yeah. as like not even like a role model like oh is a kid what kids are watching but it's like if you're just trying to be like apex like martial artists right, right? and like what does that look like and yeah. is it the ability to like cut water and get yourself as you know as skinny as you can or not skinny lose as much weight as you can so you can meet that weight class and so what like what what's even the advantage of that well and what it ends up being and you know, this is why i hate it so much is that uh, if you're doing it, quote unquote, the correct way, cutting like the maximum kind of reasonable amount to cut. Yeah. Um, everyone ends up being the same size anyway. Uh-huh. Like my last opponent and I, uh, they do because in California, they actually kind of have a limit also. You mm-hmm. can only hydrate, get so much bigger after the original weigh in. Mm-hmm. So like on Saturday, they weigh you and you have to be within 10 pounds of what you weighed in at. We were both like 133. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, Momo. I know, sorry. She's trying uh, to send us bunny good. pictures right now. Like, dude, we're <laughs> Yeah, anyway. Um, so uh, they don't want you to, like, cut too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so both of us were the same weight, but we had to drop eight pounds. You both were mm. 128, right? Yeah, we both, no, we both weighed in at 133 the next day. Yeah, um, so you're both pretty close. Wow, that's wild. So it's like, but we're so the same size. Yeah. But we have to go through this whole thing where we dehydrate ourselves uh the day before so weird i know it's it's a there's a i don't know if you're familiar with the prisoner's dilemma uh no no it's prisoner's dilemma so the prisoner's dilemma goes it's game theory it goes like this um you have two guys they commit a crime mm-hmm. they get caught by the police they're in different separate interrogation cells it's really important because they can't communicate mm-hmm. right um and the police give them this choice you rat on your partner and you take a lesser so if you if you go to trial and you get convicted, it could be you're gonna get ten years. Mm-hmm. If you ride on your partner, we'll give you a plea deal. You get five years. But the likelihood is, if they say nothing, if they both say nothing, mm-hmm. then 
they each get three, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So the so in an ideal world, both of them would be honest, well, mm-hmm. relative to each other, right? Yeah. And say nothing and get the three years. That way they both get the least sentence possible. However, mm-hmm. in your head, if my par- buddy, if I say nothing, my buddy rats me out. I get 10 years, he gets five, mm-hmm. right? If I rat him out, I get five, he gets 10. If we both rat each other out, then we each get five, right? Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening is that the dominant strategy is to cheat, mm. is to both people cheat, so you end up in the same place, mm-hmm. right? And that's what exactly what happens in fighting. Um, you mm. know, I used to fight at like my walking weight, more or less, mm-hmm. at bantamweight, and you got these guys. Like I fought a dude who was like six foot tall, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, I'm five three. <laughs> that sucks pretty hard. Um, because and he had ringworm too, so he gave you more than just a little bit of height. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he wasn't. That was, that was not. That was it not the that ringworm, guy. It wasn't yeah. ringworm guy. Hunter was fighting a guy one oh, time, man, and he had him like... up against the cage, and he looked at his arm, and he's like, "That's ringworm." The guy's oh, like forearms like right here by my face, and I saw this big ringworm on it. Oh like, gosh, dude! How did you get that past the people? I, well, he probably had it covered. He was yeah. like, "I got sleeves on. I'm good." <laughs> yeah, like a long sleeve on, and I don't know, but it was. It was just sort of like family crest. (laughs) (laughs) Just a ringworm spot. I see that guy every once in a while, and I'm like, that guy. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it happens. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not a ringworm isn't a big deal. Put a piece of tape on it or a Band-Aid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, exactly. Wrap some tape on it. Because it's not mm-hmm. super transmissible if it's covered, but yeah, it's like... Yeah, just put some holy water on it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I use bleach myself. Mysteriously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hunter got ringworm after that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's a weird, weird coincidence. Um, <laughs> but it's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's fighting's wild. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's such a weird sport. Like, last night I got to... Uh, I was... I got, I got to judge at the Angel of the Winds Casino. Oh, really? Yeah, it was really cool, actually. Like, it's a different world there a little bit um like judge like being on that end of it as the official how so uh it's just weird watching fights but not as like a spectator or mm-hmm. as a teammate or a coach you don't enjoy really them. detached from it yeah you have to be really like impartial mm-hmm. and just look at what happened and like the way they tell you to do it is like every 10 seconds decide who's winning at that 10 seconds who mm. won that 10 seconds and then you look at like you think you to add up your check marks and who won the most oh really out yeah. of 10 wow uh, like uh, so that's where you get the ten, the ten score. Kind of, yeah. It, okay. it sort of comes out that way, and so like that's what they're um, talking about when they say like nine, ten round. Mm-hmm. Right, and so it's like um, it, it's very like it's weird because like the, there are times though like we I disagreed with one of the ju- other judges on one of the cards because like one guy was throwing a lot more punches and combinations, mm-hmm. but they weren't really hurting the guy. Mm, Whereas yeah. the other guy threw very a lot fewer punches, but they like landed and they hurt. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, how do you? Like, what's your call on that, right? Yeah. And so that's where you get the judgment calls. Well, it was a split decision, and you and I were like, oh, no, it was Hunter. <laughs> know, right? But it wasn't, actually. Yeah. It was first, the other guy. Yeah, it was my first you, time judging. You and the other guy were in agreement, and the other judge wasn't. Yeah. But it was so, a little nerve-wracking oh, wow. there for a second. I know, like, first time judging, and I'm like the one weirdo who's yeah. like, no, nah, that guy won. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was it was good. Like, we were pretty much all in sync. Um, but mm-hmm. I really, you know, respect the other judges. They were both really good. So it was cool to be able to work with them. Is that something that you're interested in the future? Definitely. I, I think more mm-hmm. so refing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've refed a lot of, like, jiu-jitsu. Uh, and I really enjoy that. Um, for when you get, like, the best seat in the house, mm-hmm. uh, you're, like, right there in the cage, which is cool. Um, but it's also, I care a lot about fighter safety, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I think you get to kind of be that first line of someone, like, because the fighter is, like, they're always going to want to continue to fight, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but 
it, it's uh sometimes you have to make that call I'll be like no you know and i do that as a coach mm-hmm. too like i i've i've stopped fights with my people and you like to be able to think about those kinds of things i do yeah like it, it's interesting like because there's so much to this sport like mm-hmm. i think fighting is such a primal human activity mm-hmm. um like it's something like like the way okay if you watch other sports like you ask someone like what's the most intense baseball game you've ever been to ever mm-hmm. seen and it's like well it's always because a fight broke out you know yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. they got so into the competition that they mm-hmm. started fighting or they caught somebody cheating right well that too yeah. but, but that like, happens in mma too it's yeah a, it's like almost uh mo- um, most competitions are almost like a simulated experience of whether it's war or individual combat right? exactly yeah and of course like warfare is like the real thing you know mm-hmm. in a yeah it's like because you know there's zero rules mm-hmm. at that point for the most part and uh but you know, I think you know, in my ideal like future, um, countries would be like, okay, we're we got a problem, we have this dispute, trade dispute with China. Mm-hmm. China is going to bring their best MMA fighter, yeah, and bring our best, and it'll be like, it'd be like the old Pride days. There's mm-hmm. no weight class, no drug, put all the steroids you want in this person, <laughs> no time limit fight, just go. We put you in a cage, and someone emerges. Putin would have a shot collar on someone. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like punch, punch, punch. The Russians would uh, would probably dominate oh, the world. Yes, they would. Like they own everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, it's so much like it makes more sense to me. Like send your champion mm-hmm. out, you know, and like we'll settle this in a civilized way, you know. Yeah, it does. You even look at like how you know football works for diffusing like uh, um, internal conflict or or intrastate conflict, right? Yeah. To where everyone has their own teams, and you have like other states that will oppose each other, but that's acted out through sport. Right. Yeah, it's figurative like competition, because mm-hmm. um, most people in today's day and age will never have to like you potentially smash someone's head in with a rock mm-hmm. so they're not to get their stuff taken. Yeah. Uh, but like everyone has that primal urge. And what, see the thing that I, that I think is beautiful is, is like there is this immediate impulse, like we do with a lot of things and these like puritanical values, which is like, um, don't do this thing because there, you have the potential to be like malevolent and monstrous. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, I don't know, like masturbation, right? Like the similar thing. And it's like, no, like these things can be dangerous. Drugs too. Things can be yeah. dangerous, right? But like allow people the space to be able to work them out and allow them like the resources in the communities to be able to like um, to talk to and to develop in. And like that's why I find like what you're saying earlier about, you know, fighters, like for the most part anyways, you find a lot of people who are competing at the end of the day, like after the fight's over. Um, it's There's a lot of compassion that can be exchanged. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty common, guys. Like, they fight and they hug it out after. Like, it's there's a lot of respect there. And, like, you almost appreciate someone for coming out and trying to their best to beat you because mm-hmm. it allows you to be your best. Like, yeah. You know, no one, like, if, like, you're a you, – it's the worst thing ever to be, like, a great boxer or a great fighter with no great competition. Mm-hmm. You know, no one would care about Muhammad Ali if he didn't have Holyfield to like be his rival. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have that that competition brings out the best in everybody. Um, you know, it's like you know, it was like I think that's why Demetrius Johnson never got the due he like uh, the recognition he was due mm-hmm. is that there was really no one else out there who was on the same yeah. pl- level. You know, all the people he was beating until he met Henry Cejudo, um, 
They were they weren't as good. Mm-hmm. They just, like at a, in a pretty obvious. Well, I think Henry Ciudo had the same problem. Yeah, at flyweight, you know, mm-hmm. and now at bantamweight, he's got a lot more competition. Um, so it's it's really interesting that way. Um, you know what I think is really interesting? I was thinking about something when you were talking there, like about how people do this and why. You know what really surprises me? The more and more we like have people fight for our gym, mm-hmm. is how like oblivious they are to the risk. Well, I I think it's. Cause like, you know, like, like for me in the matchmaking process and like you in the coaching process, it's clear to me the whole time that like, this is a risk, Mm -hmm. like to the people that we're putting out and ourselves and, you know, and it's funny cause sometimes we'll have fighters who come to us and they're like, I didn't know it was going to be like this. After their first fight, yeah. No, I mean, like, sometimes after their fifth fight. You know, it's interesting. Um, And that's always surprising. Well, we work with a lot of young people. And young people are not great always at assessing risk. Yeah, they're not very good at risk management. And I'd yeah. also say that, like, we don't um, have we don't have activities for children mm-hmm. um, where they get to exercise risk management because we, adults usually uh, mitigate risk for children yeah. for a very long time, right. almost absolutely. Well, that's one reason, like, we have our daughter competing in jiu-jitsu. Um, when, she, when she does it. You're right. I mean, it's hard. We don't want to force her to do it. Oh, I like, know. Yeah. yeah. Life, yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm there. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, it would be, it'd make it into a chore, and then she would mm-hmm. want to keep doing it later. Uh, but, like, she, she's gotten, like, kind of, not injured, but hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. She's definitely, like, got, like been beat up in matches and she's won mm-hmm. and i think that is super valuable to have that like objective kind of measure of like mm-hmm. you know you went out and you came up short and here's why mm-hmm. and here's how you fix it it's not like you know and their life is like a series of those moments you know mm, like yeah. forever yeah it really is and that's <laughs> like if you were to like look at anything that you do it's just you know facing problems and understanding how to pivot from those you know yeah you know, either a setback or a success. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, early success is a bigger problem than early failure. Um, yeah. That's the the worst fighter to work with. Yeah. Is a fighter who's 5-0. and o. Well, that's what we, we like. <laughs> my coaches called it 5-0 and o syndrome. Mm-hmm. Guys who would, like, have go on a tear. Like, they'd win five fights or whatever, some number. And all of a sudden, they're like, I got it all figured out. Like, I'm the best. I'm the greatest. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to be the greatest. And the double champ. It's like, no, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you uh, you know, this is a long road. There are levels. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as yeah. you start stepping to the next level, you're going to find out just how good people are, are out there. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, you know, like you think, hey, man, I'm, I'm beating up everyone in the gym. And then you go and you meet like an Austin. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, oh, this guy is like just, just destroying me well, right now. Well, and there now. are people yeah. that destroy Austin. Yeah, well, uh-huh. that's exactly, what people, yeah. people don't understand. I was we were talking uh-huh. at the gym earlier. People message Hunter and they're like, "You train with that guy?" Yeah, he's really good. And it's like it's just Austin. You so know, he's just a person. It's like this the thing that makes me like see sometimes, which is uh, I think a lot of people can get into this um, like presupposition, I guess, or presumption yeah. that like they will see someone that they might admire, um, especially if they haven't like if they're not an intermediate in anything. Um, that they've chosen to do, you know, not just right. for work, but they'll see someone that they admire and they're like, oh, and they'll put them on a pedestal and as if there's something that's unattainable. Right. And then, then like their expectations are often like incongruent with reality. Yeah. Um, and then also, 
they might be their own gate gatekeeper from pursuing that very thing that they might be interested in. Totally. Um, Here's the crazy thing, though. The guy who said this is a like two-time world champion. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm like... But, you know, it's... I think it retires to something we were talking about before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how people get good is really so much more about... Um, their persistence than it is about any talent they may have. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and something I'll, like, I always tell my students, and I think sometimes they don't believe me, uh, is that I, I'm not really that talented. It's just that I've stuck with it mm-hmm. for a long time. Like, and all those you know, other people dropped out. Exactly. It's not who's best, it's who's left. It's yeah. like a cliche quote, but it's, I think it's super true. Like, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know, it's about, like, I, I've been reading this book called Grit, by Angela Duckworth. Oh, really? Yeah, super good. I'd recommend it to anybody who's interested in this stuff. And she like went and scientifically studied, she's a social scientist and a psychologist, mm-hmm. how people acquire high, super high levels of skill in whatever they're doing, right? It doesn't matter. She studied people in all disciplines, sports, uh, entertainment, uh, politics, business, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's about having an interest like, okay, I'm interested in doing jujitsu or mm-hmm. MMA, okay? You start doing it. And there's a certain level which anyone will get to a certain skill point. Mm-hmm. And, um, right, where you just show up. Like, the first year of jujitsu, you pretty much show up and you're going to get improved. Because, mm-hmm. like, you're going to learn everything, every, every class, right? And then at that point, there are a lot of people who, even if they keep training, stay there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They stay at a level where, like, to get to the next level... And she refers to it as the suck threshold, mm-hmm. uh, which is like people who like don't suck, um, is requires a lot of intentional work and honesty with yourself about what it is you actually need to improve on. Mm-hmm. I think that's where people go like they get they get to that like blue belt level. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to talk about belt level. I'm not well, a big fan of belt well, level. Well, even but fighting, yeah. like, you get to, like, about four or five fights. Yeah, amateur, yeah, like, we're... It's about blue belt. We want to move fighting. into amateur title contention, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That threshold requires a lot of really hard, intentional practice. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it sucks. Like, it's really uncomfortable. Because uh, you have to face your own, like, faults, like, mm-hmm. and what you're bad at. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, like, what really separates, I think, people. Because mm-hmm. it's, like... We've all known that guy who's been on the job for 20 years, like he's mm-hmm. going to go work. But really, they've had one year of experience 20 yep. times. Mm-hmm. Like they're no better than they were last time because they think they're like, I'm done. I've, I've figured it out. Yep. This is what I do. Like, this is my game. If you're talking about like, like jujitsu or fighting. Well, I bet you mm-hmm. if you asked Austin about when he started wrestling, how many times he lost, I bet you he would tell you that he lost every match in his first year. Because right. we have, we have this mm-hmm. guy who's really, really phenomenal. He's like 2-0 and o now. He's mm-hmm. doing really well in MMA. And he was a wrestler since, what, he was about 8? Yeah. And mm-hmm. he said for the first, like, three years of wrestling, he just mm-hmm. lost every single mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. And he just kept doing it. And now, like, he's at a new test. He's, like, trying to get better at jiu-jitsu. Because he's a very good mm-hmm. wrestler, but he's not very good at jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> I have tried, I've had to ban him from the key lock. Yeah. <laughs> so he, like, he was going to advance tournaments and key locking everyone. Trying to, oh, he's yeah. trying to key lock everybody. I'm like, spamming it out. No more key locks. <laughs> yeah, this is like Only, this... and now he's like got Kimura, so we're going to have to like say no to the Kimura for a yeah. bit. Well, at least the Kimura, like, black belts, tap out the black belts with Kimuras. But, mm-hmm. he, but he told yeah. me that. Yeah. He said, you know, like, my first three years of wrestling, I lost every match. Mm-hmm. And that to me is like an important test of like, can you get through that? 
like that initial like hump because it's sort of i think there's easy gains at first you know like mm-hmm. anything yeah, yeah it, often when you start something you get beginner's luck right yeah and, and also just i think you know you get that easy period where things you progress naturally mm-hmm. and it's like having the this is where grit comes into with angela duckworth which is like the the kind of toughness to keep pushing after it's no longer easy mm-hmm. you know and that that's that's the hardest thing you can't it's hard to teach um because it, it's like some people have it and some people don't naturally mm-hmm. i don't think you can teach it i think you can to some degree i think you can help bring it out by like you have to make it fun at first mm-hmm. like you're like you have to make when someone's first getting into something super fun so they want to keep doing it mm-hmm. And then you have to, like, give them realistic expectations. Like, when I have people, you know, like, you are kind of struggling, I'm like, you have to push through this and understand why it is that you're struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, and I think I spend a lot of time. You're definitely a better teacher than I am. <laughs> I'm like, they can't, can't be taught. Like, you're garbage, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. 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 We don't say well, that, I just, I don't think, fuck. I think, yeah. like, I don't know, from, like, a matchmaking point of view, I do most of our matchmaking for mm-hmm. our gym, and then Hunter and I, approve it together and he works with the team well, Laura's really good at she like if i go to like a fight event mm-hmm. like i hang out and like talk to my fighter and then just sit there and laura's actually out talking to people like making contacts mm-hmm. with promoters and yeah she's very like good a at lot of promoters would rather work with a woman than men mm-hmm. i think because oh, they don't like sort of the toxicness of like mma sometimes yeah very masculine. a lot of egos like i'm yeah. not that way but people yeah really a lot of strutting stuff well, it's like, like last yeah. night like i've been kissed by a lot of really famous men and because <laughs> they're all about the side kisses like ivan it's like, mm-hmm. like a very european culture ivan salivary yeah. he's yeah. a big huggy kissy dude yeah <laughs> yeah but um <laughs> and he likes to yell <laughs> yells my name a lot so he, he does that a lot, but like yeah, he does. La, la, across the room, yeah. But like, um, what were we talking about? Oh, just progression. Like, oh well, I just don't feel like I feel like some people, especially like you know, Landon always says to you like, this generation of fighters doesn't get it. Yeah. And in some ways, I don't think they do. Like you know, um, you'll have somebody who have a couple fights. And they won't do very well, or they'll do okay. They'll win one, lose one, and they just quit. Mm-hmm. Well, it's and people pull out really like matches really easily, and like it's they're always uh, looking for some people are always looking for excuses. Well, it's I think it's also like I we become addicted to quick results, mm-hmm. you know, like you want, like I, I find it myself sometimes I'm like trying to look something up online and I'm like. What, it's taking five seconds to load a web page? <laughs> this is bullshit. I think, like, the dominant, like, the, um, the like, the fault mode uh, for people is usually to trend towards instant gratification. Totally. And, like, delayed gratification is something that has to be, uh, something that it doesn't, I don't find that really comes naturally. And, like, for whatever reason in your life, you might have developed, like, the skill set or the habit to be able to delay gratification quite well. Right. And to, like, embrace that mode. Um, but it's so hard because like, that's often the thing that separates you from being successful. And just like you're saying, like almost anything. And like, if people are looking at like being an entrepreneur and you're like, Oh, what makes that so hard? Well, it's like that (laughs) right there. Yeah. Cause like, there's no one, no one lays out the path. No one, no one pushes you along. Like, I mean, I even imagine you're in a situation where like you have your own gym and it's like, 
those moments that are hard, right, um, or your lows, there is no authority figure no. um, who's holding you responsible. And there is a high percentage of people who um, who are not able to perform in that environment. Right. And I would also say that there is um, another, there's an amount of people who have made the transition from not being able to perform in that environment to being able to perform. But most of the time, you'll have people who could just do stuff independently. And it's like, how do you teach that? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of it's an interesting puzzle. I think every coach has to find their method, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I, I'm still figuring it out. Like I'm relatively new at this. I, I definitely know I'm doing it a lot better now than I was three years ago. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, in three or more years, I'll be doing a lot better than I am now. Yeah, um, you know, because that's like the goal, right? You know, never just try to coasting isn't an option. You know. Well, and I think like. One one way that we've done that is we've enacted standards for, mm-hmm. like, if you want to fight for us or compete even, you have to be, like, we, we have a paper. We give it to people. People are like, I want to fight. They mm-hmm. could be coming every day off the street. I want to fight for you guys. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, here's the sheet. Like, mm-hmm. it explains, like, what you need to do. So, like, there are different kind of levels for what you're going to do. So, if you're going to, like, fight on a smoker. Yeah. What is it, like, three days? You'd be well, training at least three days re- or more. The, regardless, yeah, exactly. You need to have a certain level of commitment for a certain period of time before yeah. we even consider it. Before you even get to um, go to fighters training. Right. And it's like. Because, you know, why are we going to let some dude who's it, coming in off the street train with people who have been training for months for a fight? They're going to hurt them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not safe. And it's also like. It also, and we set standards for ourselves, too, like, you know, about what people can expect from us and what we should be doing for ourselves in the gym. But it, and also, like, you you have this, like, community thing and this people thing to where everyone has their motivations for doing things. But after a while, you'll be able to recognize, like, the patterns, right? And you'll be able to see different archetypes. And if someone comes in and they have, like, or anyone that you coach, right, yeah. is going to either have, like, a overwhelming, like, a, a very, very, very large ego or... um a very tiny ego that perhaps is like shattered and then something in between. Right. And yeah. like, if anyone pings on one side or the other of the extremes, like I would imagine as your coach, it's in your interest to help push them in the other way. And right. that's like, if someone comes in on the street, like I want to take a fight with you. It's like, Oh wow. You're, you're like, you're seething or you're entrenched with, right. with like this ego. Well, Cause it's very those risky. People, those yeah. people last like two weeks and they'll be gone. Mm-hmm. Well, they just don't have the patience typically. So well, as soon as you yeah. tell them you have to wait, like, yeah. well, they don't understand. They, they sort themselves out. Mm-hmm. Like we get, we get like calls from people. They're like, can I get paid to fight? Like, mm-hmm. and like, if you figure that out, tell me. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's hard, man. Like it is hard. It's, and it's even like, so we're running a jujitsu event, um, at the beginning, first of February at mm-hmm. Battle of Bellingham. Um, so, and, oh man, if I had a nickel for how many people yeah, we're doing like super fights, right? Yeah. And so yeah. a lot of people, everyone wants to get paid to do jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's so hot right now. It, well, it is. And it's, uh, it's unlike fighting. It's way lower risk. You don't get beat up mm-hmm. as much. Um, and so you get people who are like, they have no accomplishments Yeah. and they're like, I want you to pay, like, what are you guys paying? And we're like, well, like we're gonna you start know, with like their black and brown belts we have on the show. Mm-hmm. We're paying yeah. them first. And if I if I can pay them, then yeah, you know, maybe. But that's the whole point though of like a hierarchy, right? And that's why hierarchies are are given to anything that you do. Which is like if you want to do martial arts, okay, no. If you want to watch martial arts, right? Um, if that's anything that you consider when you put on an event, then you're going to want to watch people who put on a, the most interesting show to you. And what's that? That's like you want to watch people who perform at like the most the higher level. Right. Yeah. 
or the most uh, entertaining level, I guess. And like by that nature, you have to be exclusive because if you're not exclusive, then you're at an open tournament and give me any open tournament that you want to spectate. Yeah, and like right. that's like yeah. like yeah and like unless unless you're someone's mom or team mm-hmm. even teammates like it's that's a tough sell like but i i actually enjoy watching grappling at all levels um but would i pay yeah to watch grappling yeah. see i i agree watching i agree i like watching grappling at all levels but i can't um i don't see how you could provide it as like a professional service Right. Where, like, this is something that I want people to watch and I want you guys to support it because you find it entertaining and you like yeah. entertaining. Right. And so come and, like you said, pay money and then and watch this because that's an important mm-hmm. thing because, like, you would hope that you just like you have the money for race cars so that it could trickle down and build really nice cars, you know, sedans and shit. Um, I would hope that there is money for for people to compete at the highest level so that someone can spend all their time doing that martial art or, you know, doing right. Well, MMA. and there, are, you know, I, one thing I've really learned, cause this is the first all jujitsu we've done like mm-hmm. mixed events where we've done kickboxing and jujitsu and judo before, but this is the first all jujitsu. Cause it was so popular last time I got so many names. Mm-hmm. I was like, we have to split these shows up. Like yeah. we need to have a kickboxing smoker and then a jujitsu show. Mm-hmm. Cause like, it's overwhelming the amount of names. Like yeah. even this time, I think we got like 50, 60 names. Yeah. And that's just local people. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, and then I get emails from people and they're like just starting out like they just got their blue belt mm-hmm. and they're like, you're going to pay me. Right. And I'm like, you know, we would love to. You, we right. would love to. Mm-hmm. But you got to put your time in. Yeah. We're also like, a new show. There's mm-hmm. but it's not so much that. But like you have to put your time in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are people on this show who are brown belts yeah. who yeah. that was not the first question they asked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, you know, people who are doing title fights. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody will get paid in their order. And, he, you know, the gripe back was like, well, you're just going to, like, punish me because of my belt. And I'm like, it's not that. It's mm-hmm. that, you know, it's the attitude that you're coming at me yeah. with. We're rewarding people who who were have who, spent, like, a large percentage of their life in this discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, like, deserves recognition. You know, and I, I'm sort of, like, I'm pretty ambivalent to, toward belt ranking. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like, uh, you know, it can be a little culty sometimes. I I just, I hate it when like people automatically assume that this person is better than that person because of this belt or. Well, it's like, like, you know, like. People have more value. Well, yeah. Because I mean, we have a couple blue belt, actually quite a few blue belt matches and a white belt match on the Mm -hmm. show and kids. Yeah. Yeah. And we went from less of the belt level and more of like, who is exciting to watch? Yeah. Because that's that's what you're like. And people I've talked to who compete. Some of them really hate this, but it's just like this is once again the reality of it because what you're doing is is you're trying to provide, a, you're trying to showcase what you what we all love to do right. in a way that people who don't love to do it all the time want to be a part of it and want to support it. So like that's something that is a like a big consideration because yeah. you need you'd hope that you were trying to make something that is fun to watch. Right. Because that's well, what people come there for is well, to like, watch well, something. Like, well, they're like these two little mm-hmm. girls that are going to be on the show. And I can really see them. They're both going to be like world champions. Mm-hmm. They've been dominating kids all over the state. One's mm-hmm. Kira Songer and the other one's Cat Walker. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, I put up the poster and it got like 50 shares because people are watching this kids, yeah. these kids grapple from when they were yeah. like three. Mm-hmm. And they're both very good and yeah, they're exciting to match. watch. Yeah, you know, cool. it's like I'm taking the two best kids in the state and they're going to grapple. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, you know, 
that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy oh, really nice. ticked me off, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, and then he's telling me, he's like, I want to go up against your best brown and black <laughs> belt. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, we'll start with that. the highest experience level mm-hmm. matches that will pay out. And mm-hmm. he's like. Well, then I'll grapple a black and a brown belt. Like, I was like, and what? I was like, now I understand yes. fight to win just a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah. Fight to win has the form. Yeah. And they don't directly talk to people mm-hmm. unless they match you. Like, Well, Seth Daniels is, uh, he's a character. I don't know if you've ever. He runs a really good show, but, though. Um, he does. Like, he's, uh, so if you want to hear him at his best, uh, like, I don't know if you listen to the Matt Byrne podcast. Yeah. He was on that. Um, oh, right. His episode is really interesting. Well, and he out. doesn't yeah. take any shit from people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like, it's my show. I'll run it the way yeah. I want. I'll pay who I want, what I want. Like, and I'll have these people on it. He's like, we're not going to contact you about a match. Like, fill out the form. Like, you know, unless you're, unless you know who you are. Like, yeah. you know, if you're Gordon Ryan, yeah, we're going to contact you to mm-hmm. met, compete. But like, like, there's. Yeah. I think I'm going to go to form yeah. system next year. Cause like uh, trying to like grapple, grapple with all, yeah. with all of the messages, like, and people checking in too. Mm-hmm. people like, did I get a match? And I'm like, yeah. no, I, you, would, you didn't we would let we, you know. We, we, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You would be the first person to know. Yeah. It's important to be able to, you know, like to have those things so that you, cause you only can spend so much attention on, you know, your event, right. Or, uh, or anything as such. And to be able to downsize like the things that are not helping you and not even helping like, you know, the people that you serve in that sense, right? right? Your spectators or competitors, just like creating that wall. And that's why I love boundaries. Like I'd always, I'd have people who the same thing with like, you come into the, you come into your gym. It's like, I want to, uh, I want to compete. I want to fight for you and I want to get paid. And mm-hmm. like, there's this thing where it's like, you could set this boundary where it's like a stone wall where you don't have to give much attention every time someone comes and does that. Or you could have, or you cannot consider the boundaries that you set. And then every time someone comes in, they're just like dragging yeah. you down and dragging yeah, you down. Yeah. Well, it's the like reforms a, helpful. So we have what, eight fighters and a majority of them are heavyweights. Mm-hmm. So like, we really have to have like some sort of system because like, if not, I can't like, I have to be fair and match mm-hmm. them with who's training, but also like, you know, eight heavyweights. How many heavyweights are there in the state? You yeah. know, so they're all fighting the same dudes over and over again. But I have to rotate them out for every show mm-hmm. because, you know, I don't want it to be perceived like because all of them train pretty hard that like one's getting favored over the other. But yeah. and that's kind of what we're running into yeah. with the jujitsu show is that I don't want anybody to have the perception that we're favoring or picking anybody who's like a higher yeah. level belt because well, we it also like we'll take. In the end, like we would have put together the matches that we thought were the best. And I'm mm-hmm. super like almost everyone who wants has tried to be on the show, who has we've gotten matches for has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like but it's human nature. Like you don't think about all the drivers who are oh, yeah. who are, like doing everything right. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't even cross your mind. But the one driver who's an asshole, yep. you're like that guy. I remember that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I actually, that's I actually, survival mindset. I actually yeah. am trying to match that guy. By the way, still. Oh, funny. Yeah, well, I, I offered him to Austin. Well, that's that's just sort of. He, he just said he wanted a brown and a black belt. He didn't specify. Well, you know, Austin turned him down. Well, there's no incentive there. That's no, the thing he doesn't think his about. His incentive is, like, is the money. You know, well, yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. wants to be the commentator. He's going to be the commentator. Yeah. Oh, at the that'll event. be fun. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. It'll cool. be interesting. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, going to be mean. He's going to be so mean. <laughs> 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 it's just to see if he likes it. <laughs> He'll be like this. <laughs> 
Are you doing it that way? <laughs> so really? he chose to go for that, huh? Okay. Really, <laughs> exactly. really, really, oh, really, Alfie and, and Joey, because he tra- he trains with both Alfie and Joey, yeah. and they're doing a match. And I'm like, please don't let them train together. Yeah, because <laughs> that's my biggest biggest problem. Savaging them all, like yeah. Yeah, he's gonna savage everybody, oh, or he's just yeah, gonna sit there yeah. and be like stunned because sometimes he does that. <laughs> like, well, I don't know. It'll be like, it'll be interesting to see how he does with the commentary because. Uh, it's going to be hard with a lot of the people he trains. I don't think of mm-hmm. him as particularly loquacious, but yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Cause like, yeah. that's, that's the thing like you learn about when, when you, when you take on a skill, right. And you become involved in the community. It's like, um, maybe if you're looking at like, uh, competitive weightlifting or like jujitsu martial arts, it's like, Oh, okay. I could own a gym and I can compete. And those are a profession. Those are the professional tracks. And then I can get measure success by that. Generally, I think a lot of people go into it measuring success by um, competing and yeah. dominating competition. And they're like, that's how you become, you know, a great person. And some people can be disluted like that. Like if you can't do it, then teach. But that's fucking stupid because like you people come into it and you realize like you start to learn that you have preferences, right? Like you might be more, you might think more of like the person you're rolling with and like going, trying to help them because you're more concerned with like, they don't know what the fuck they're doing, right? And then where some people, kind of like Austin, I guess, um, might trend more often to like, okay, I'm just going to get all my work on them. They're not going to give me the best reactions like give me another training partner. You know, it depends though. people have preferences. Yeah. Because like I would say with you, you guys are more collaborative. Well, it's also, we we have competitive roles, but, like, you know, it, he's a really, one thing about Austin is he's a great training partner because mm-hmm. he is, he, he's off-putting to some people, I think, because he doesn't, he just tells the truth. Yeah. Like, and I think a lot of people, especially, I think, in the Pacific Northwest, like. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's Especially when you get into, like, climbing and running, I just, sometimes I want to cringe. It's like, <laughs> yeah. like, people around here are so, very not direct. Yeah. <laughs> and Austin's super direct, like, he'd be like you did this bad that's like, what I, yeah i like that about him it's very refreshing totally yeah like uh, it's been it, we've because like when he gives you a compliment <laughs> yeah like when he tells you something positive you're like you know it's true yeah because that's like, exactly yeah. what i mean like and like i don't have to feel like i have to you know hide behind all these like charades in that sense right and like i, I find that when i see him in a teaching role he actually does very well at helping people um like improve mm-hmm. but it's only people who can handle that kind of honesty yeah like can really i think respond to him because mm-hmm. like people i think they can't disappear very quickly i think there are instructors who do well with beginners um by being very like nurturing mm-hmm. um and there are people who like do well with students who are super like willing to take that kind of criticism yeah. that Austin can provide. And like that, I guess that's what it was. It's like, there's some people who are more like, you know, sometimes people can be blunt. Sometimes people can be very nurturing and people will often trend towards, I guess, one or one or the other. Right. Not really bluntness. Not that there's like a dichotomy there, but like, I guess the opposition of nurturing. Right. Right. Um, and, and very firm. But I see that. I see that too now though. Like, so we have him helping Hunter with his yeah. fight. And he's doing more like a jujitsu coach position. And we uh-huh. have another guy who's helping with your striking. And like he called and he called you for an hour. 
Yeah. You called Hunter and talked to him for an hour because oh, they had done wow. around. About the, about the training session yeah. and how I thought it went. And, you know, he's he's been really great. Oh, um, so and he's cool. like, send me all the video from today. Yeah. I'm going to go yeah. over it. And I'm yeah, like, I love him so much for that. Like, the, the way that he goes out of his way for people. Yeah, you know, I mean, it helps that he doesn't, like, have a job or anything. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's got <laughs> like, I remember I was getting, like, ready for one of my matches. And then, like, I didn't have anyone there. It was just my son and I. Yeah. And then he's like, you want to warm up with me? And I'm like, uh, sure. And then he really helped me with the warm ups. Totally. Warm up, and he's done like several things like that. Yeah, for me. he's just like a hard like guy, like to read at first. Well, but so what I mean though is like he's get, he gets lauded more for uh, I guess you know throughout the jujitsu community as a whole yeah. who he is as a competitor. Um, but I think someone who would possess like that level of like like nurturing component, right, yeah. might get lauded first as a teacher. Yeah, and I think like when you approach something, you learn a lot about who you are. Um, and then that will guide you in like how you're successful. Like what would make like someone who wants to be like Herb Dean, right? Like someone who wants to be a referee, right? Um, is still a successful person, uh, operating within the martial arts community. And it wouldn't be like, oh, they can't compete. They just suck. So they decided right. to do this. And you realize like with who you are, there's like a place that you could put yourself in, Totally. you know, whether that's promoter or competitor or mixing it all up really. Yeah. You know, honestly, it's been really fun. Being able to really? operate, okay, uh, operating in all those different areas. Yeah, Dad, it's bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is really good. Yeah. Um, I've done that to him twice this week. Uh, well, it's you know, it's interesting because like a lot of people are like, "How the hell did you guys meet Austin?" Mm -hmm. And we actually met him when he before he even did jujitsu. Oh wow, really? Yeah, well, he was doing no, uh, no, MMA. He did, did jujitsu. He was doing MMA, but he though. wasn't like a primarily. Yeah. He, he was primarily a fighter. It. Yeah, at the time, like he did jujitsu, but it was that lens. Well, like, I remember it. we I saw um, his first fight. Yeah. Like, oh it wow. Was, yeah, it was fun. Um, and one of our guys that actually fought him. In a kickboxing and match <laughs> and, and one um you know him at luis mm -hmm. oh yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah oh wow so That's it's funny trend. we actually created like a hype so, video for so him. Yeah. so ever so ever since then he was like hmm so i need to figure out what's going on with yeah. these people <sighs> so it ended up like his he had, he left his team or like his team dissolved mm -hmm. at that he was with at the time and ended up like he was at like a fight and he for a while he was training basically by fighting mm-hmm and, wow! Uh, I know. He's, he, he like does all, his own all the coaches were like, "That Austin Daffron, he's hardcore." Yeah. That's what we used to do in the back in the day. He was fighting like every other week, <laughs> um, and like he's just showing up at Smokers and fighting. Yeah. So like wow. we were at this event, like an axe, and mm -hmm. he didn't have a coach, mm -hmm. and so like my coach, who's the promoter, was like, "Hey, can you help him out?" So I cornered for him. Yeah. And then I did it again at another event. And then he kept showing up. And then he showed up at our gym one time. Um. You started showing up like you guys. Well, we started like so. Actually, that happened later. So we ended up competing against each other in a mm -hmm. grappling competition, and it was a good match. Um, but it he, was very he, close. He ended up winning. Um, and then so after that, we were like, we started training together. Uh huh. Uh, and then he really, I think he really started taking off at that point in terms yeah. of his skill here's level. Here's a here's a really That's funny wild. story. So like he came up one time. And this is when oh yeah, this is when he first started training with us. Like mm -hmm. he kind of was looking at our gym and talking like, to mm -hmm. us. You know, just checking it out. Uh -huh. And he's like, when I get my brown belt, I'm going to teach you your gym. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and, and Hunter and I were talking later. I'm like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? <laughs> and then, ironically, he got his brown belt this last year. Um, 
And, and now he teaches for us. And now he's teaching at our gym. Yeah. Yes, it came true. <laughs> yes, it did. Duck, yeah. duck, uh... Dexterdamus. <laughs> yes, Dexterdamus. <laughs> yeah. he, 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 like, I told him that story, and he like he was like, I don't remember that. That never remember. happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Fake news. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, but I, at the time, I was like, what the hell? You know, you need to have a job interview. You need mm-hmm. to talk to us. You know, you don't just decide you're going to teach at our show in the future. You know, he's he's got that confidence. That's very Austin. Yeah, Yeah. he has a lot of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he would deny it now. He'd be like, no, I didn't say that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, nah, he uh, he's a, he's a, one of my favorite people, honestly. Yeah, he really, yeah, he just really stuck out to me in that way, and I just really like cherished his, who he, his personality. Right. I, suppose. I felt like yeah. it's come full circle now that he's like he's really serious. Like I, we were just like, oh, you can corner for Hunter, and he's like in it. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he's like graphs somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got a shrine. He's praying. Please <laughs> <laughs> be safe. Oh, man. It's good times. He's but intense, should... but it's good. Yeah, we should probably wrap it yeah, up. Absolutely. Joey needs to go to bed. And yeah. uh, we got to have a good dinner. Yeah. yeah. And then where can people find out more about the upcoming events, your fight, and your guys' event? Your yeah, um, like Battle at Bellingham. We have our own Instagram, Battle at Bellingham, mm-hmm. or at Battle of Bellingham. Yeah, and, it's uh, uh, Valentine's Day themed. Exactly, I know. It's because it's February. <laughs> we got a and, couple. Uh, we got a couple sponsors too. We should probably drop oh yeah, their names. Was, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Samurai Soap Brand out of Canada. Mm-hmm. They make uh, like tea tree soaps mm-hmm. and things. Uh, their owner's actually competing at our event, and a friend of his. Oh, it's tight. Yeah, and then um, Happenstance Coffee. So they're yes. gonna be they're gonna be sponsoring too, yeah, and we, uh, we may have a couple others in the wings. Yeah, uh, oh, that's right. If you want to get spot, your spot guys, pull the trigger. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> happenstance and delicious for, too. For my fight, uh, BFL February eighth, uh, up in Hard Rock Casino in Canada. I'd like to thank my sponsor, Zenko Fightwear. Uh, they've been with me for a long time. They're a small gear company, but they're honestly their gear is like, I started like. Uh, I, I sought a sponsorship with them because I love their stuff. Like I bought their mm-hmm. rash guards, and I'm like, this is awesome. Like, yeah, um, I just love the material, honestly. Like, well, they're just um, fun. They're fun guys to talk to. Yeah, and they they make sick designs. So check out their stuff. Um, it's like probably me... like two dudes in a Chicago making stuff. Well, I don't know. But <laughs> really cool. Uh, I want to go. No, they've sent you like some really nice stuff. Like when Hunter fought for CFFC, they sent him like really nice shorts to fight in. Oh, that's yeah. tight. They yeah, sent yeah, him like. They send they send you like really nice little personalized notes like good luck. Yeah, no, it's oh, fun. that's rad. Yeah, yeah. So they're awesome. Like been uh, like they're my only sponsor right now, and I, I enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. For a while, the massage therapy sponsorship. Oh, really? Sick. Yeah, I love that. That's but, uh, I'd love that too. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, because it's like the best thing ever. But you know, it's like free free massages and that was, floats. Yeah. That was like the one uh, the one major thing I missed about my software job is yeah. our insurance covered massage. Oh, so, that's nice. Yeah, it was super. I got twenty a year. Oh, what? I know, right? I, I missed that a lot. They didn't have any dental, oh. but they had I massages. <laughs> <laughs> you can gum your food, but <laughs> yeah. you'll be relaxed doing yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. No, oh, thanks for having so much. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You. Thank you guys for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. totally. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. Whoa, it was so much fun getting to talk with Hunter and Laura. I love their outlook on life and I love how hard they push themselves and just really getting after doing the things that they love, you know, from owning their own gym to pushing their way out by promoting more um, MMA related events, providing opportunities for people to compete and, um, and perform at, you know, 
in front of people, showing them that their their love, their art, right? Give them something to work towards. And they're just genuine, really nice people. And I hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Uh, if you'd like to check out more about their gym, you can go to BellinghamMMA.com. And don't forget the upcoming event where you can swoon your loved one by taking them and showing them some insane wars happening on the mats at battle at bellingham you can learn more about that at bellinghammma.com or on instagram at bellingham mm or at, damn you can learn more about their upcoming event on instagram at battle at bellingham Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. I'm going to play you out with a track by Less Than Jake. All my best friends. Cheek. But you think it's strange that there's a way of how you looked and how you act and how you think. Pretend they're not the same as you. But you think it's strange there's a way of how you look and how you act and how you think And pretend they're not the same as you Do you know about his strength and convictions? Or how she puts on a faith in religion? Did we take the time to really discover How little we know about each other? Keep us from saying anything Can't separate from everything Yeah, all this really means is one in a crowd and you're paranoid of every sound Take the time